Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Why you take your Bible and open to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. If you're using the Pew Bible there in front of you, it's on page 748 and 749. Luke chapter 24. I invite you to listen closely to Luke's account of the resurrection, for this is God's word to us today. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were there wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What in the world are we doing here today? What are we doing here on this Easter Sunday? Now, some of you may be a little bit nervous when the pastor asked the question, What are we doing here on Easter Sunday? After all, we've all gotten maybe just a little bit extra dressed up today and look a little bit more presentable. And we're here at church on this big day that's Easter Sunday. And we we all kind of know that we're here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I submit to you this morning that for me... It's not obvious that we would be here apart from God's miraculous work breaking into history to raise Jesus from the dead. As I read the story of the Bible and I read the gospel accounts, it seems to me like everyone leading up to the resurrection appearance of Jesus had assumed that Jesus was still indeed dead and in the tomb. Jesus was not the first person to ever claim to be the Messiah. Other messiahs had come along and they offered the promise of delivering God's people from oppression and and mostly they were thinking freedom from the oppression of worldly rulers. We know this because as we read the Gospels over and over again, Jesus' first disciples struggled to understand what he meant by death and resurrection. You may remember that famous episode in Peter's life where Peter's talking to Jesus And Jesus says, hey, who does everybody say that I am? 
And they said, well, some say this, some say that. And then Jesus turns to Peter and says, well, who do you say that I am? And in a rare moment, Peter gets it right. If you're like me, you love that Peter's in the Bible because it makes you feel better about yourself. Peter gets it right and he says, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. And initially, Jesus responds to his answer in very positive terms. He says, yes, you're right, Peter, I am the Messiah. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You, This is something that God's allowed you to see. And then immediately, Jesus starts to explain what kind of Messiah he is. That he would be rejected, that he would be killed on the cross. And do you remember what Peter said? Anybody? He said, no, no way. Messiahs don't die on crosses. Messiahs win. Everything that Peter could think about as a Messiah, none of it matched up with the idea that Jesus would be crucified on the cross. If anything, the cross was a clear indication that he wasn't the Messiah. You've been thinking about it all over the last few weeks, the last few days, about Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. It's not just that they killed people, but they did it in a very humiliating way, and they posted you up there by the road as this clear sign that you were not the Messiah. And anybody who else had these messianic grand thoughts of taking over the world ought to look at this one on the cross and in no uncertain terms understand what happens to people who do that. You and I become so accustomed to the cross that it, it doesn't offend us or shock us probably like it should. But the cross was not just a way to kill people, but, but to slowly, agonizingly, um, and in a way to embarrass people. You picture Jesus up there on the cross, very few clothes, if any. The message was loud and clear to everyone who walked by. He is not the Messiah. Maybe a good teacher, maybe a good person, but not the Messiah that they had expected to receive. And so the days after Jesus' death, we find them doing what we would expect people to do in the days following the death of a loved one. You hear how matter-of-factly Luke describes what they were doing? Verse 1, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. The women were preparing to prepare Jesus for his final burial. And all of us know what it's like to be involved in the events following the death of a loved one. As Baptists, what we usually do is just bring a lot of food because we don't know what else to do. But you know you've been through those events. And Jesus' disciples were doing the same thing. But what they found when they got to the tomb was much different than what they expected. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now remember, even though they see with their own eyes, the stone has been rolled away, they see that Jesus' body is no longer in the tomb, their first reaction is not to say, oh, we remember what he told us. We remember this whole resurrection thing that he was talking about. 
you all from all of the reading that I've done to understand as much as I can the resurrection. One thing that seems clear to me is that nobody back then expected someone to be raised from the dead after their burial any more than you and I do. And so they couldn't begin to comprehend what Jesus was talking about when he said, on the third day I will be raised. And while they were wondering about this, maybe coming up with theories of what could have happened or somebody took his body, we don't know what's going on, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them and they were terrified. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do as you read the Bible is to not see the people in the Bible as different from you. How would you feel if you went to the graveside of a loved one and two men in white clothing appeared? You would be what? Terrified. So they're terrified. They're still trying to figure out what's happening. And they say to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember, he told you this was going to happen while he was with you. And then they go and they tell the other disciples. And again, I love Luke's honesty at how they responded. They did not say, oh, this is awesome. He must be raised from the dead. This is, this is great. They said, you ladies, with all due respect, must be crazy. You must be crazy. What are you talking about? But who went back? My guy Peter went back. And I think Peter perhaps went back because not that long ago, what did Peter do when he had the chance to stand side by side with Jesus at the cross? Fled. I got to admit to you, I love that song we sang, but I had a hard time singing it. I'd like to think like to think I'd go with you all the way to the end, Jesus. like to think that I would suffer death with you. I, I'd like to think that would be me, but, but honestly, I'm probably more like Peter. But Peter hears word that Jesus has been raised from the dead, and he runs to the tomb, and he looks in, and he's amazed at what has happened. And in the days following Jesus' resurrection, this is part of the good news that we don't often talk about, but Jesus appeared to his disciples over the next 40 days. And I don't know what his resurrection body was like specifically. It was human. He was hungry. Do you remember those passages? He walks in at one point and he's appearing to the disciples. He's like, y'all got any fish to eat? But at the same time, he could walk through walls and appear in places. I don't know what our resurrected bodies are going to be like, but they're going to be better than what you got now, that's all I can say. And Jesus continued to appear to his disciples over the next 40 days to prove that he was indeed alive because, remember, they didn't have a category for resurrection from the dead any more than you and I do at this point. Maybe a general resurrection at the end of time, but here in the middle, in the person of Jesus, no. And so Jesus' disciples then would look back over everything that had been written in the Old Testament to this point, 
And they could not deny the truth of what God had done in raising Jesus from the dead. And so they looked at everything now in light of all that God had accomplished through his life, death, and resurrection. I can only reason or ponder in my mind how disappointed they were when Jesus was crucified and dead. Do you remember as you read about his earthly ministry that they just marveled at who Jesus was and how he did his ministry? They would talk about the way Jesus taught the scriptures in a way that nobody else had ever taught them as one who has authority. And then Jesus started to reach out and to touch and engage people that everybody else had written off. The people who maybe didn't get their good suit on and go to Easter Sunday services, those people. Jesus was drawn to people and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God to people who, to that point, had probably been convinced that they were outside the bounds of God's grace and his mercy. Jesus even brought people back from the dead. And so the excitement and the anticipation that they felt that Jesus might indeed be the Messiah, their sorrow had to be great when it seemed like everything was lost when he died. But everything changed after the resurrection. That people started acting and living and giving their lives to something that you and I would not expect on the other side of the grave. Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times, when he meets the resurrected Christ, Jesus has that conversation with him. You remember that conversation? Peter, do you love me? Can you imagine how Peter felt when he was standing before the resurrected Jesus? And he looks into his eyes and he says, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Second time, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Third time, you know everything. Of course I love you. Then go and feed my sheep. Peter would give the rest of his remaining days on earth to proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ after he encountered the risen Savior. What about Paul? You and I, I, I love Paul. If you had to ask me, do you want the gospels or Paul's letters, is it safe for me to admit I really love Paul? And the way that he describes and explains the significance of all that God has accomplished for us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But there was a day in Paul's life when if he had walked in the back doors of this sanctuary, each of us here would get real nervous. We would hope that the security guards were coming in behind him. But when Paul met the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus, Paul's life was forever transformed. And he would go and he would suffer a lot in his own right to take the good news of Jesus Christ and his life, death, and resurrection even to the ends of the earth. I told everybody in the 9 o'clock service that I'm not the smartest person on staff. I'm definitely not the smartest person in the church. When you're thinking about apologetics and describing the faith and explaining all these rational arguments, I just admit to you that you may do that much better than me. But when I look back to the story of Christianity, when I look back to the story of Jesus Christ, 
the thing that makes the most sense to me about why you and I are in this room this morning is that Jesus was raised from the dead. And if you're here and you have no idea if you believe that or not, or you think about Christianity and all you can hear is Christian as an adjective, Christian music, Christian politics, Christian books, Christian... And honestly, you just can't see through all of that to really think about Christianity seriously. This morning, Easter is a reminder to us that before it is any response on our part, it is this belief that God raised Jesus from the dead, and when he raised him from the dead, that everything was changed and everything is different now. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then it demands that your life then start looking different than it would if you didn't believe in resurrection. You see, it's easy to come to church on Easter Sunday, like we look even a little bit better today. Sunday lunch might be stepped up a notch. But we all know that the world is waiting on us tomorrow, don't we? And everything around us will often try to convince us that it's just back to normal. It's just back to life. And I believe with all of my heart that while I can't understand and explain everything that happens to us, believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and when he raised him from the dead he overcame death and hell and the grave and that because we have faith in him we too will one day be raised and I don't say that to you glibly I also live in the same world you live in a world that's hard contrary to what you think my kids aren't perfect I'm not a perfect husband. I know, shocking. I have all the same things that come at me. And I also will be like you. I will go to the cemetery to see my loved ones who die. And at points when everything seems to tell me that that's the end of the story, I look back to Easter look back to my hope in the resurrected Christ to believe that that's not the end of the story. Hold the first group. I'm so happy that so many of you are here. Some of you are back in town from college. You're growing up so fast. One of the perks of being the pastor is you get to eat donuts with college students during the Sunday school hour. I'm down for that every time you come back. Some of you are in, out of town visiting family. So glad that you're here. And I want you to know that, that when I preach to you, I, I want to preach to you and with you as your pastor. I'm going to do life with you, and you're going to do life with me, and it may be that I live longer than you or you live longer than me. But one day, apart from Christ coming back, all of us will depart this world. Each of us will die. And when I'm with you or you're with me, the thing that we're going to lean into and hold on to 
is that we believe that Christ is died, Christ is risen, and that Christ one day will come again. That this story of Jesus coming into the world at Advent and taking on flesh and becoming a Savior in our place, being human in every respect like we are yet without sin, that he went to the cross and he died the death that you and I deserve so that through our faith in him, we might be given the life that we don't deserve. And my hope and my prayer for you and for myself increasingly is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so real and tangible to us that we live into that and we order our lives differently And that we would say with Paul that if the resurrection isn't true, then we're of all people most to be pitied. But if the resurrection is true and Christ has been raised from the dead, and those of us who die in Christ will be raised and our perishable mortal bodies will be clothed with imperishable immortality. And at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul ends that wonderful chapter on resurrection and he says, on that day, not today, On that day, we'll sing the song, Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Keep praying that at Mount Brook Baptist that increasingly that truth forms who we are. We remember the good news of all that God's done for us in Jesus and we proclaim that so that other people might experience the abundant life found only in him. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for the truth and the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you humbled yourself and you took on flesh and you became like us in every respect. That you died in our place on the cross. That you were raised to life on the third day that you ascended to the Father, and that even now you sit at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. So, Lord, we pray that you would deepen, deepen our conviction, deepen our belief in who you are, and all that you've done for us, and the hope that we have through faith in Jesus, that we might live into that calling and that hope that you've placed upon us. And we'll admit to you, Lord, that that we believe we need help with our unbelief. Pray that this would be a day of great rejoicing and that we would leave this place not just with some kind of fanfare, not just with some kind of um, hope or or optimism that we're welling up in ourselves, but a deep-rooted belief in the resurrection and the good news of Christ. We offer this prayer in his name. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work. Mm